Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,349 with a release date of Friday, November 4th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Hams on alert during the Philippines' latest cyclone. Bouvet Island de-expeditioners announced their pilot team. And a New York club looks at people who wrote the book, or books, on ham radio. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,349 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent weekly amateur radio news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Picayune, Mississippi, here is Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Our top story takes us to the Philippines, where a radio group called Ham Radio Emergency Operations was preparing for the region's latest cyclone. John Williams, VK4JJW, brings us up to date. A tropical cyclone delivered deadly flooding and landslides in the Philippines in late October as dozens died and thousands of others sought shelter. Romy Isidro, DU1SMQ, chairman of the National Traffic System in the Philippines, said that Ham Radio Emergency Operations, or HERO, began monitoring emergency frequencies and awaiting further instructions. Romy said that reports from cities and provinces indicated that much of the traffic over emergency frequencies were from the various localities for flooding, commercial electricity, impassable roads, destroyed bridges, and requests for ambulance aid. When a wall collapsed, an amateur radio operator in central Luzon in Region 3 volunteered to relay word of that to the nearest disaster risk reduction office, which was already monitoring the emergency frequencies. Romy said, however, that most of the casualties and fatalities were reported in very poor regions of the Philippines, where the lack of HF radios can complicate emergency communication. Offers of aid to the hardest-hit provinces came in from the United States, China, Japan and Australia. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. As the time draws closer for the Bouvet Island activation, new members of the team are being put into place as pilots. We have that update from Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. In preparation for the 3Y0JD expedition to Bouvet Island in early 2023, the team has announced the addition of pilots. These hams provide a critical role as intermediaries between the de-expedition team and the de-ex-chasers. They will be keeping an eye on propagation in their designated parts of the world to help facilitate contacts. The chief pilot and pilot for Europe is Morton LA3MHA. North America's east coast will be covered by Steve N2AJ. The west coast of North America will have Rich KE1B as pilot. South America's pilot will be SISO HK3W. Hams and VK ZL OC will have Lee VK3GK as pilot. And in Asia and Japan, Hams will rely on Champ E21 EIC. The team expects to activate from the sub-Antarctic island between January 13th and February 28th. This is Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Hams in the radio community in the Slavic Republic have lost a leader and a friend. We hear about him from Ed Durant, DD5LP. Hams in the Slovak Republic are grieving the loss of a respected leader, Janko Slivka, OM3WZ, OM3WCF. The former president of the radio club OM3VSZ has become a silent key. His death was announced on a number of online ham radio forums and on Facebook. 
The club's current president, Vlado Lubrovsky, OM3TWM, remembered him as a radio operator who combined his love of amateur radio with his love of outdoor sports, including cycling and marathon running. He also noted that Yanko was an enthusiastic CW operator. No further details were available. I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP. DXers and others interested in chasing special call signs have learned that an important resource for more than three decades is ceasing publication. Jack Parker, W8ISH, has that story. After 31 years of publishing the free Ohio Pen DX Bulletin, Ted Mergelota, KB8NW, is calling it quits. Ted, the president of the Northern Ohio DX Association, has made this free resource available on the Internet and packet clusters around the world. He announced that the edition of October 31, 2022, was to be the final bulletin. The bulletin's webmaster, John Pape, K8YSE, said on the website that the archived issues of the bulletin will continue to be available on the EIDX network, pepes.com. John said that readers enjoyed it as an email or on their list servers. He said that thousands of readers saw it on the website as well. He wrote, quote, What I found surprising is that people will not only read the current OPDX, but they will read back issues by the hundreds as well. What a great resource it has become and will still be, end quote. John encouraged people to email Ted to thank him for his years of de-expedition reports, propagation updates, and other relevant information. The email address is kb8nw at arrl.net. This is Jack Parker, W8ISH. Where do old repeaters go when they retire? In the case of one very old repeater in California, that would be the Colorado Rockies. Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB, shares this story, which was told recently on the website eham.net. In the early 1960s, before the area had frequency coordination groups and standards for repeater offsets, a privately owned repeater went up on a place called Contractors Point, high above San Fernando in Southern California. The W6AQY solid-state repeater, which operated on VHF-FM, relied on the parts of a Motorola walkie-talkie that it was built from. On the website eham.net, Paul, W0RW, said he helped install it on the mountaintop long ago with Jim, W6UJX, and Jim's father, facing the challenge of putting a 30-foot telephone pole in a trench in that rocky soil. The repeater itself was protected from the elements inside a waterproof Motorola truck mount box, and its batteries needed changing every three months. He said that the transmitter had an output of about 20 watts ERP and used a three-element beam turned toward Los Angeles, and it served all of Southern California successfully for much of that decade. It was finally taken out of service in 1969, and after some refurbishment, moved to Colorado, where it was put back to work, this time as WR0ACR. A half century later, it's still doing its job, but like most retirees, it's on standby service for much of the time. This is Ralph Squillaci, KK6ITB. With the past few weeks bringing great weather for outdoor activations, parks on the air QSOs have grown. Matt here, N3NWV, brings us the latest statistics. Hi everyone, I'm Matt, N3NWV, here with your October 2022 POTUS stats and news update. October included the fall Support Your Parks weekend event, and the stats show a big jump from last month. We had 15,781 activations by 2,808 activators from 5,483 parks. 47 DXCC entities were represented this month, and we reached a total of 706,846 CUSOs, a month-over-month increase of 29%. 
Congratulations to all of our category leaders for October. And as always, a big thank you to everyone who participates in the POTA program. Speaking of participating, our Park a Day Bailey Sprott list hasn't changed notably this month. We still have five activators and two dozen hunters on track for pressing the POTA button every day in 2022. Good luck to all now that we're down to the final two months of the year. The October 15th and 16th Support Your Parks weekend was a huge success, generating over 100,000 CUSOs. Nearly 1,100 activators got to over 1,500 parks and worked over 15,000 hunters. All in all, 34 DXCC entities participated in the weekend one way or another. That wraps it up for this month. 7-3 and POTA on. We remind our listeners that in a little more than one month, we'll be announcing this year's recipient of the Amateur Radio Newsline International Newsmaker of the Year Award. We began this award in 2019 as a way of honoring individuals, groups, or formal clubs whose actions and contributions show the world the value that amateur radio brings to society. Recipients are chosen by the editorial staff of Amateur Radio Newsline. All past recipients have shown themselves to adhere to the high standards of selflessness and community service, which Ham Radio is known for, and have also helped garner recognition and a higher profile for Ham Radio in the mainstream media. Be listening in early December when we announce the recipient who has not only made headlines, but made a difference too. It's time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K4LYL repeater in Bedford, Virginia, on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. local time. Hams in Germany are awaiting a decision by the nation's regulator to add a third class of amateur radio license by early next year. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us what that could mean. Germany's proposed new N-Class entry-level license could be in place as early as January the 1st of 2023. The possible addition announced earlier this year is being reviewed by the German regulator BNetzA as a way to add a third license class to the existing E, Novice and A, Full license classes. A change in the regulations would give the N-Class operators call signs with the prefix DN and the current DN call signs, which are used for training purposes under supervision of a licensed ham would be cancelled on December 31st of this year to be replaced by the use of a DN slash prefix. The new entry-level N-Class will grant privileges to use the 2 meter and 70 centimeter bands with up to 10 watts EIRP. The operator will be allowed to build and operate homemade equipment as long as it conforms to the regulations. It is possible that usage of the 10 meter band may also be added to the Class N license at the end of 2023. The content of the license exam will also be changed to make them cumulative, with the ability, it is hoped, to allow the taking of the Class N, Class E and Class A exams in sequence to get a full licence in one day of testing. The Class N exam will cover all legal regulations, operational rules and a limited amount of technical knowledge questions. The Class E and A exams will then only cover additional, more technical theory questions, building on the knowledge of the previous level or levels. This is Ed Durant, DD5LP. When you have a radio interference problem, who better to turn to than an amateur radio operator? That's just what police officials in one part of India thought when their handheld radios were knocked out of service by holiday lights. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, brings us the details. 
A group of major Hindu festivals were coming up on the autumn calendar starting Sunday, October 30, and police officials in West Bengal, India, were once again struggling with their radios. Something was causing havoc with their handhelds during the autumn Hindu festivals, and it appeared that VHF radio communication was again going to be nearly impossible for crowd control and security. This year, police took their radio dilemma to some local radio amateurs in the West Bengal Radio Club. According to a report by the Indo-Asian News Service, the hams conducted a variety of tests on the officers' radios. Ultimately, they noticed the interference peaked when signals had to pass through areas where traditional holiday lights were being used to decorate Kolkata's parks and gardens during this festive season. With the help of physicist Pozo Potty Mondal VU3ODQ, a club member, the hams determined the interference came from the string of LEDs manufactured in China, which used cheaper components. According to Deepak Chokraboti, VU3OKT, when they were illuminated, the LEDs emitted a noise on a frequency very close to the one the police radios were using. The hams recommended replacing the Chinese LEDs with ones manufactured in India, which had different components that did not seem to cause the same issue. According to Ambrish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, that seemed to have solved the problem in time for the festivals. I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. India has launched its first group of commercial satellites. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, explains what comes next. The Indian Space Research Organization is celebrating the launch into orbit of 36 internet satellites from the London-based company OneWeb. The launch on Sunday, October 23rd, coincided with the Indian Festival of Lights known as Diwali. An Indian GSLV Mark III rocket was substituted for the Russian Soyuz originally planned for the operation before the Ukraine invasion earlier this year. This was the second flight for the Indian rocket but its first commercial multi-satellite mission. The flight was overseen by the ISRO's commercial division, New Space India Limited. According to a BBC report, the latest launches mean that OneWeb, which is partly owned by the British government, is almost three-quarters of the way to having its first-generation satellite constellation achieve global coverage. The rollout is expected to be complete by the middle of 2023. This is Jeremy Bucci for NJH. This week's World of DX looks at the various contacts you can make during the CQ Worldwide CW contest taking place on November 26th and 27th. They include Henning, OZ1BII, who'll be on the air from Pristina, Kosovo, as Z68EE during the contest. Listen for Henning on all bands, QSL via Logbook of the World and OQRS. The Slovenian team will be active as TK0C in Corsica during the CQ Worldwide CW contest. Before and after the contest, listen for the various team members using their personal calls with the TK stroke prefix, QSL via Logbook of the World, EQSL, or S50C. Be listening for Doug, VA3DF, and Anthony, VE3RZ, operating from Grand Turk during the contest using the call sign VP5Y, QSL via M0URX. Outside the contest, both Doug and Anthony will be operating mainly on CW on 160 through 10 meters. They'll be using the call signs VP5Stroke, VA3DF, and VP5Stroke, VE3RZ. Listen for the call sign HQ9X from Roatan Island, Honduras, IOTA number NA057 during the contest. The call will be used by team members K1TR, K1XM, KQ1F, SM7IUN, and W1UE, QSL via KQ1F, and Logbook of the World.
And finally, if listening to radio and talking on radio isn't quite enough for you, consider joining a book club that also lets you read about radio. Let Randy Sly, W4XJ, be your guide. To amateur radio operators, a lengthy conversation on the air is called a rag chew. And most rag chews are about, you guessed it, ham radio. So when Russell Calabresi, KR2NZ, established a book club for members of the Long Island CW Club, the topic was, you guessed it, ham radio, but with a twist. Meeting approximately every six weeks on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, the book club digs into the interesting world of amateur radio through fiction, nonfiction, technical, and historical books. For example, the current book is 200 Meters and Down by Clifton DeSoto, which covers the strides and setbacks that were present when radio pioneers were establishing the amateur radio service during its early years. Interested readers can join any time. The meeting times and information are posted on the LICW calendar at longislandcwclub.org. Asked what is next for the book club, Russell said he has added a movie club aspect featuring films and documentaries with a connection to, you guessed it, ham radio. I'm Randy Sly, W4XJ. With thanks to Ambarish Nagbiswas, VU2JFA, the ARRL, BBC, CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, Facebook, Indo-Asian News Service, Long Island CW Club, Ohio Pen DX, QRZ.com, Reuters, Romy Isidro, DU1SMQ, Space.com, ShortwaveRadio.de, the Wireless Institute of Australia, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Don Wellbanks, AE5DW in Picayune, Mississippi, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights are reserved.